Hey, bumper away. Hey, this is Michael O'Neill from the Solopreneur Hour podcast, and you are listening to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith. Listen up. Woo! That was awesome. Thank you. Cool, man. Cool, man. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Dan Evans. Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. So, okay, so we hooked up through a mutual friend. I think it was um, Tom Schwab, right? That is correct. Yeah, and he was in the Navy. Uh, I was in the Air Force. He was like, you know, you should talk to other veterans. And you, you're still active duty up until this summer. So how's that feel? What, what's going on in your brain? Are you freaking out? <laughs> Uh, you know, I think there's a little bit of anxiety that goes with transitioning and I'm sure there is Yeah, a little bit, maybe, uh, an understatement, but I feel like I have put in a lot of work in preparation for my transition and I still haven't heard anything yet. So, uh, I've been actively, uh, prospecting jobs and job right. boards and, and building a personal brand and all these things. You know, but uh, the the fruits have not yet manifested at this point. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, you know, and you're still, well, let's see. So summer is just around the corner. So when exactly, it, when, it, when do you start your terminal leave? Uh, so I go on leave mid-August. Mid-August. See, so you got to think, I, I freaked out too. When I, when I was getting ready to retire, and I, and I, I told you this story a little bit when the last time we talked on the phone, I was so damn busy. <laughs> I wasn't doing everything that you're doing, which, you know, you should be doing when you transition. I did go to that, uh, that transition assistance program that lasts like a week or something or something like that. And, you know, I was doing all the things that you're supposed to do, you know, follow, following a checklist of transitioning. But my heart wasn't really in it because I was still really, really busy, you know, and I had intended to, you know, not be retired on active duty at all. Um, I wanted to, just didn't work out that way. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to have, yeah, yeah. I wanted to have a little bit more, you know, time like to not be so busy with work and just to, you know, have some transition mind space. But here's the thing that I found out is that from the, the uh, employer's perspective, when they're not going to look at you real hard or they may be looking at you, but not talking to you until you get like within, you know, hiring time. You know what I'm saying? Because they can't have you sign papers yet. Right. Yeah. It's still quite a ways out. I, it I is. Yeah. Yeah. It is quite a ways out. And I don't, I don't think you're going to have a problem finding a job, but you know, don't worry about it one way or the other. You'll be fine. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how you, how you joined the military. How, what was that like? What was that, what was that uh, high school kid thinking about before he signed up to become a Marine? 
Well, you know, Jeff, I've always been very patriotic. I was an Eagle Scout growing up uh, in my in my uh, high school years. Uh, I went to the National Scout Jamboree, and at that point, that moment in time, I saw some of the other branches of the military there, and then I saw the Marines. And I'll just never forget how the Marines just, it just seemed like they just stood up a little bit taller and oh, yeah. just really had uh, clout. And that's just something that I wanted to, to be a part of at that moment in time. Wow. That was it. And uh, in fact, that was August of 2001. And we all know what happened in September of 2001. Wow. Holy and cow. I, I was there in New York City. Uh, just a month earlier. And it was just mind blowing to me to see those towers come down. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I, I got to surf. This is, this is it. This is what I got to do. So I told my parents, uh, this is what I wanted to do. And, uh, they said, no. Hurrah. Oh, they said no. <laughs> they said no. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. so I ended up joining the day after my 18th birthday. Okay. So, uh, I guess in order to clear uh, your physical paperwork at the processing station, you got to be 18 when you actually sign the paperwork. So therefore, I didn't do it on my actual birthday. I did it, uh, you know, a day after. So so that's how I joined. Uh, it was really just uh, a calling that I had. Um, I grew up uh, Mormon, and my my parents, they wanted me to go on a, a LDS mission, a Mormon mission. And uh, instead, I joined the Marine Corps. Wow, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, everybody's got a nine eleven story, but now I have to tell mine. <laughs> I was actually in the Air Force for a while already because I had signed up and been in since nineteen eighty seven. So I went. My my first active duty was December eighty seven. So I'm almost eighty eight. So in two thousand one, I was doing a computer security class in Falls Church, Virginia. And uh, so I was there right in the D.C. area when, uh, you know, so when they attacked the Pentagon, we could see the smoke from uh, where we we were in a building that shared space with the FBI and the ATF um, for this class. And so they they set up a command post in our hotel across the parking lot. It was pretty crazy yeah i never wanted to drink early in the day more than that day that's nuts i was we freaked out you know none of us it was weird because we all um got together all the other active duty folks that we were we were with i was with and we made this uh plan to you know somehow make our way um to the pentagon and see if we could volunteer help whatever you know dig rubble you know mm-hmm. And as it turned out, they were like, um, sure, just make, if you're in uniform, you can do anything you want. You basically just show your ID and say what's going on in your TDY and yada, yada. And, and we're like, um, yeah, our TDY is no uniform. And they're like, yeah, you're not getting it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no. So we had absolutely nothing to do. And, you know, and so, well, we had to finish our class, but, and then it was just, we're all, all of our flights are delayed. Lots of people are like disappearing and driving away. It it sucked. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And it, 9-11 to remember. Yeah. And, uh, and my wife was freaking out because, you know, all the phones were down and, um, and they wanted to get a hold of me and I wanted to get a hold of them to let 
them know that I was okay. Um, and finally, my unit um, got a hold of me in the hotel, and they're like, "Oh, thank God, you're <laughs> you're fine." And I'm like, "Yeah, call my wife, tell her I'm okay." So, yeah, wow, so wackadoo. Okay, so so moving on from nine eleven to nine uh, eleven stories. Um, so you started off as an infantryman, right? I did. Yeah, I was in the reserves. Okay. Um, I, I decided to join the reserves actually. Uh, in case I decided to change my mind uh, about serving serving a mission for my church, uh, which I didn't end up doing. I didn't end up uh, serving a, a church mission. But um, I went into the recruiting office while I was a reservist uh, in 2005, I think, and uh, the supervisor of, of the recruiting office, he was a staff sergeant, he's like, hey, how would you like to do this full time? And I said, well, you know, let me uh, think about it. And he gives me a call later on that day. He's like, hey, you know, you should really think about this. I was, I forgot to mention, I was in really, really good physical shape. I was a personal trainer, um, you know, so I was kind of like, uh, you know, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I was kind of like a poster boy Marine, you know. Right, or, right, or walk, right. Walking in there and, and I guess, uh, you know, they're trying to ramp up for the war. And You had the look, as they say. I had the look. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, long story short, I ended up doing it. And, uh, you know, that was really eye-opening uh, for me. I realized a lot of things about myself at that point uh, when I became uh, an active duty recruiter. And that is, I'm an introvert. <laughs> and going up to people and talking to them all day long about the Marines, you know, especially people who, you know, really I share no common interest with, uh, proved to be pretty, pretty tough. I got married when I was 20. Wow. Home at night and, uh, my wife would want to, my new wife would want to talk and I was just sapped from yeah, yeah, yeah. extroverted all day. Right, right, right. So, uh, you know, that was challenging, but, uh, I was able to learn some things about myself and I, I failed, uh, for, for a few months on recruiting duty and, uh, the next thing that I did was headed over to Borders. They don't have Borders anymore, but uh, like a Barnes and Noble, and I picked up a bunch of audio books and started listening to like Zig Ziglar and Dale Carnegie and um, Napoleon Hill and those types of things. And wow! Started, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Started self-educating and and learning how to communicate better. And really, I would say that saved me. You know that. Sure. Yeah, you learned right. Yeah, yeah. There's some key books that you 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 nailed there. Dale Carnegie is awesome. What was his big book like? Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Is that the one? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing book, and so much different than <laughs> than what you know. I thought it was going to be all slimy and salesy, and it was really good. I mean, yeah, he was just like, book. yeah, it's a fantastic book. He was just like. Yeah. Uh, what, what was this big thing? It was like, don't, you know, people get hung up on agreeing and disagreeing. And he was like, just put that aside. And this is what I took away from it anyway. And just try to understand what the other person is saying. And, and if you just focus on understanding where they're coming from, whether or not you disagree or agree is going to be immaterial because they're going to like you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Even if you, you know, choose to disagree at the end of the interaction, at least they're going to respect you and, you know, think you're an okay person because you're not just sitting there trying to win, you know? <laughs> yeah, whoever wins the argument. <laughs> exactly. You're right. You're right. So that that's pretty amazing. I mean, um, and I know what you're talking about as far as like uh, somebody told me when I was still in the, uh, active duty that the difference to them between an introvert and an extrovert is that an extrovert is actually energized by interacting and speaking with, with people. And the opposite is true for an introvert. So it's like an introvert can do every, everything that an extrovert can do, but they are like, it's like this Herculean effort to put in. It's a lot of energy. So that's, yeah. that's kind of like what you were describing. You were just like, my brain is toast. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just done. You know, yeah. I was just ready for bed. Right. Get home from work, you know, and, and being a Marine Corps recruiter, I mean, it's probably one of the most inefficient jobs on the planet. And, you know, it's right. Just call hours. everyone that's graduating from, from high school. Basically. Yeah. 20 hours a day. And, you know, we, back then we had a, a paper tracking system. Yeah. So we're sitting here writing with stubby pencils on. And this is 2005? Yeah, it's 2005. <laughs> wow. You know, it's hard to believe. Yeah, right. The Marine Corps is you know, the, the world's finest fighting force. However, we are the most primitive, uh, and, <laughs> and that extends into the recruiting world as wow. well. So, wow. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, uh, quite the experience, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Wow. You know, I guess the old, the old school folks would say, well, you're fault tolerant, you know, you know, we can recruit people even if there's an apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose you've modernized since 2005, one would hope. Yeah, you know, we yeah. switched to a, a electronic uh, CRM, and, you know, it's... That's great. It doesn't work as well as I would like. That was my next thing. <laughs> uh, but, but hey, you know, it's better Hey, it's than better paper, than paper. Right, exactly. Okay, so, so move off of 2005. Um, what's the next... So you, you how long did you stay in recruiting as as a recruiter so i was a recruiter until about 2008 okay and as a sergeant uh, i got tasked to uh, go stand up a, a small recruiting station with three other recruiters that were just failing miserably mm. and that was for me it it, it seemed like the dream job you know because when you're Working as a recruiter, you're like, man, what does the boss do? You know, like that guy doesn't do anything. He goes <laughs> out during the day, right? You know, and I'm like, yeah. You're looking in there, and he's like, you want to be that guy. Grass yeah. is always greener, kind of thing, right? Grass is not green <laughs> when I when I get there. <laughs> you're like, where's all the green grass? Damn it! <laughs> I, I got a 45 minute commute every morning instead of of 10 minutes. Ugh, yeah, and. You know, I'm, I'm showing up there and, you know, I'm really excited to be in charge and have the responsibility to, to lead Marines. I think that's what every Marine lives to do is mm. lead Marines. Right. And, you know, there I learned uh, so many things about myself um, during that two years that it, it really had an impact on me. Just understanding people, not just Sales is isn't just between you know the the recruiter and the applicant. I realized that I was selling the recruiter 
every single day on the job at hand. You know, when they're looking at me like, hey, I don't know how we're going to, you know, meet these manpower goals. And I'm just looking back at him like, I don't know how we are either, but we're going to do it. And we're going to figure it out. Somebody is going to join the Marines between now and Friday. I don't exactly know who, but we're going to find that individual and we're going to help them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's and, amazing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they seem to follow suit and we were, we were successful. Um, and, you know, all during this time, I, you know, was doing this self-education process of, of listening to books on tape, uh, Anthony Robbins at, at that point. Um, Awaken the Giant Within. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and what else? Uh, Seven Habits of Highly. Yes. That's, people. man, you've read, all, you've read all the good books. That's yeah, a really good fact, book. I've listened to that one multiple times and I always get something uh, different out of it every single time I listen to it. You must drive in a car a lot. You must do a lot of commuting because yeah. uh, that's where people listen to audiobooks and podcasts, right? Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> I made up a word for blessing and curse. It's blurs. <laughs> I'm going to use that. You can use it. You know, I'll, it's not I'll give you credit. It's not blurs TM, not yet anyway. <laughs> Thanks for playing along with my made up word. <laughs> Blurst. Like Blurst or what else could it be? It could be, uh, let's see, it'd be a uh, clessing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so, okay. Yeah, that's, I, I, you know, I wanted to digress a little bit here because um, whenever I got to work with the other Marines, I was always just like, you know, there, I don't, I, I know this can't be a universal, you know, because everybody has like, you know, a range of folks in their, in their service. Um, but the sampling of folks that I worked with, uh, that were Marines were just, um, you know, just really just enthusiastic and ready to, to engage, you know? And that's, I think that's like uh, the air force. It's a little bit, more difficult to get these folks motivated, you know, <laughs> where Marines are like, let's do this thing. You know, it's like the air force guys were always like, I got to get my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Marines, yeah. Marines we'll do it. Coffee too. They do. They do. And you know, I would but say they're up, you know, and running and then they're drinking coffee. And you know, by the time it's time to go to work, they're ready. Marines are very comfortable being uncomfortable, you know, and right, that's, right. And that's, uh, that's something that I think is, is unique to the Marine Corps. You know, we're sitting there training in a monsoon or, you know, it's just the weather's just crap or, you know, it's hot. You guys eat, eat that shit up, really. Well, we, we become very cynical and, and make jokes out of yes, it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. And we could always think of a scenario that could be worse, mm. quite honestly. You know, oh, it's obviously. Like, well, it could yeah. be worse. It really could be a lot worse than, than it is right now. Yeah. Well, I, I had to, um, I <clears throat> would go home when I was, I, I deployed to Saudi Arabia and I was getting yelled at because of uh, a troop, right? And, and I don't like to get yelled at because of a troop. So I think I was an E6. I was a tech sergeant, and she was a senior airman in E4. 
and she was really mouthy um, and getting me in trouble. So she would like, you know, be mouthy to, you know, some captain, some random person that came into the office asking for help. And, and then that captain would in turn chew me a, a new one and then, you know, stomp out and say, take care of your troop. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to take care of my troop. And then my boss would be like, you can do anything you want. Just don't write anything down. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> That's all we can do. <laughs> We're in the air force, you know? And he was of the mind of let's just talk. Right. And, and she had been screwing up like way before I got there and had been talked to on numerous occasions, right? And in my disciplinary book, you only get talked to once, maybe twice on the same topic before I start writing things down. And um, and he was just really loath to write things down at all. And I was like, that's the wrong call, dude. <laughs> um, you, know, you know, I deferred on the first one. And then on the second one, I'm like, look, I can write stuff down and I'm going to, because I'm a supervisor, you get, you do what you got to do boss. And he's like, fine. You know, and then he actually went off and wanted to, you know, take it higher than I wanted to. I just wanted to do like a little memo, put it in my desk and say, okay, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to send this home to your commander. You know, that was my thing, you know, and if, and if you straighten up now, I'll shred it before you go home. Cause we're all on and you know, deployment, right? So nobody at home needs to know you are an idiot if you straighten up. And I made her sign that. And, uh, she had a little, another tissy fit, <laughs> went off, talked to her, uh, staff sergeant buddy at the E five that was in the office. And she came back very respectful and signed it. <laughs> I was like, thank you. You know, I was like, wow. you know, yeah. But the thing is, is the why I got on this story was I went home and I started whining uh, to to my roommate in the dorm, uh, <laughs> deployment roommate dorm, a very Air Force, right? Um, and I and I'm like, you know, he's like, you know, you didn't get shot at, and you're in a war zone, so you had a good day. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Got a point. He's really, really got a point. I got to shut up because <laughs> I'm really whining way too much. Okay, so let's flash forward and talk about how in the heck did you do this social media thing? There's got to be a cool story as to how you became this social media strategist. How did that happen? All right, so uh, as my career progressed, I... Uh, was was put in charge of a recruiting office and in 2010 I got moved back down to the recruiting office that I started in which was in Provo Utah and uh, in 2011 2012 we started to see kind of a, a shift in our culture we weren't able to get in touch with as many applicants as we used to in the past uh, through telephone calls we we're getting a lot more parents we we're getting bad numbers uh, people were screening calls because caller ID became more of a more of a thing, right? And you know, there's this there's this thing going on in the background, Facebook, right? And I'm like, well, what's this? You know, let's try this out. You know, my wife's already on it, and you know, I, I created an account, but I didn't really do a whole lot with it. So I created a, a Facebook business page for my recruiting office, and. We started automating some content, you know, sharing some stuff from our our national Facebook page to this local Facebook business page for our recruiting substation. 
and we weren't getting a whole ton of engagement. So, you know, we made a lot of mistakes. And one day in 2012 or 2013, I can't remember, uh, we had a couple new Marines drop by the office. That's custom, uh, customary for what they do when they graduate from boot camp. They visit the recruiting office that Monday and they graduate Friday and shake the recruiter's hand and say, hey, thanks you know, for everything. They show up in their blues. We you know, make sure that their, their uniform's good for when they go and check into their school. And uh, I'm like, hey, you know, why don't, we, why don't we take a picture of these guys and put it up on Facebook? And so we did. We tagged them in the photo, and it uh, was shared to their profiles. And immediately, like, we're getting all this – all these likes and hits, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you, Jeff, it was like crack, man. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, all these people are so supportive and, and I, you know, it's just kind of putting two and two together in my head. I'm like, you know, <laughs> these guys probably told maybe five or six people that they are home joining the Marines. We just told like probably 1,200. Right, they were right, well right. Connected. Uh, you know, on, on Facebook. All of their families and everybody that they graduated with. Because these are recent grads they're, if they're just out of boot camp. Right. So yeah. all of the kids that they graduated with are probably, you know, probably still close. Yeah. Yeah. So what's crazy is, is like, I'm looking at the numbers and I'm like, 1,200 people have seen this post? Oh, wow. Like, it's like, you know, a few hours <laughs> into this. I'm like, this is nuts. It would take you how long to make 1,200 phone calls? Oh my goodness. Wow. You know, granted, they're not all, you know, in our market, they're right. influencers, they're, you know, stakeholders, they're relatives or friends or family of, of this individual who just joined, you know, it takes the six degrees of separation and effectively consolidates it down to two to three. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't long before I was looking at all of our programs that we have in recruiting, all these programs that we, we use to support our, our recruiting mission, our high school program where we go and deliver awards to the school. We have an educator's workshop where we send teachers down to San Diego and, you know, they get yelled at and kind of see firsthand how Marines are made. Uh, <laughs> we've got, uh, you know, the, the events we do like at fairs and local community involvement, Toys for Tots, assistance, all these things. And then at the center point of all of this, we've got the people who are joining the Marines from that local community. So we started looking at all these things and we're like, okay, well, what can we, what can we uh, capture and share and kind of break down those barriers about uh, checking out the Marines? Because I, I noticed that the Marine Corps commercials are really awesome, but they really aren't very informative about the enlistment process. And then the, the hardest thing about recruiting duty, Jeff, is getting somebody to walk through that door. Right. And right. if we can break down those barriers up front, you know, by being transparent about the enlistment process, I mean, most people don't know that we hold people in our program for, you know, sometimes up to 410 days to prepare them for boot camp. And we work out with them on a weekly basis. We are wow. very, we're interactive with them. You know, we mentor them as recruiters. And we are able to. So it's almost like you're pre in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing. We're preparing them and we're, we're not just telling people, new people that are coming in the door, what we do to prepare them. We're actually able to show them, you know, through relevant proof, through social proof, through uh, people that join from the local community, people that they know. 
you know, maybe through a friend or, or whatever, but it, 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 it's more trustworthy. So we weren't doing really anything different other than just showcasing and amplifying using social media, using Facebook specifically to tell the Marine Corps story. Right. So you were, every time you had like a, a group of recruits get together to do a thing, right? You'd take a couple of pictures and you'd tell a little story, right? That's it. Everybody's got a story and yeah. everybody loves a good story. Amen. Yeah. Wow. But who'd have thunk? <laughs> I mean, it's, the last time crazy. we talked, uh, we talked about how it was, um, how like all social media sites on government networks or at least DOD networks, um, up till, oof, I want to say like, Hmm. When was it? Maybe like 2007, 2008 ish. Maybe they were blocked on government networks. I don't know the exact time frame because yeah. I know I, I think it was after I got out. So it was after 2008 for sure. I think I don't remember the specific date, but that's how, you know, closed off, you know, just the institution of the DOD, the military, was to everything social media. They were like, mm, that's just a security threat. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy how these these paradigms <clears throat> have shifted over the years. Yeah. You know, but, you know, there's still dinosaurs that I fight with on a, on a daily basis in, in my current role. I can imagine. Uh, that it just really, you know, they're into biz dev of the 90s, you know, for <laughs> recruiting. And unfortunately... That doesn't work, and they just need to retire. So I apologize if any of them are listening to this. <laughs> okay, so you started still. That 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 was like where you were working with. You know, you were using social media at your little recruiting station um, to tell the story, like you were saying. But did you? What is your job now? Because is it is it for like? Like a larger group, yeah. Let me uh, let me yeah, fill in yeah fill in, yeah, the, fill in the gaps because there's more to the story. So uh, I scaled out my strategy to uh, recruiting station Salt Lake City, which at the time was five states. It was Utah, Idaho, Montana, and uh, Wyoming, and I think uh, I'm missing a state, but I, I can't remember what it is. Part of Colorado, possibly. I can't remember. But um, I scaled out the strategy. I'm doing a training seminar at uh, like an all hands. You know, we've got all our recruiters in there. And uh, the colonel from our, our region walks in on my class. He's like, hey, how would you like to come out and do this, you know, in San Diego? And at the time, I was pretty set on getting out. And I'm like, well, let me go talk to my wife. And, you know, part of me is like, you just need to get out, dude. You know, because at that point, you know, I'd been in for about 10 years and I was ready to, you know, try out some new things. I was going to school. I was, you know, making sure the grass on the other side of the fence was watered and green and not brown. <laughs> um, but, you know, long story short, I, I took the opportunity. I scaled out the strategy to recruiting station Salt Lake City and nailed it, nailed the strategy. And then I scaled it uh, across the Western U.S., um, in this newly created position, which still is not on the books, is the uh, social media director for Re Marine Corps Recruiting West. Wow. And 
I got down to San Diego, started building out uh, all these social media properties for all of our recruiting sites across uh, the Western U.S. So we've got about 170 Facebook pages, and so one for each office. One for each. One for each office. Yeah. And <clears throat> I train all the recruiters. I've got a, a mobile training seminar that I have that is an interactive PDF that links to YouTube videos as well as I I do uh, in person seminars uh, with all of the recruiting stations. And I've got some pictures actually of, of me doing those training seminars on my website and uh, on my Facebook page. I want to check that out. <laughs> yeah, I usually take a selfie at the end of every seminar. Um, and then I post it online, you know, just because I'm a practitioner. I use social media. I think it's a great thing. I'm very transparent about who I am and what I represent. And, you know, I teach the recruiters the same concept, you know, building a personal brand, somebody that's trustworthy. You know, if they're, they've got this super spammy profile, personal right, right, right. profile, and they're trying to engage with all these people and send them messages, you know, like, hey, do you want to check out the Marines? And it's, you know, this very um, spammy uh, solicitor type profile, you know, nobody's going to respond. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, either they're going to like go ew or think you're a robot, one or the other. Exactly. (laughs) It's either going to confirm or deny the stigma that's out there about military recruiters. Right. Right. My job and uh, and really what I sell the recruiters on is is the value of building a personal brand and not just how that's going to help them now, but how it's going to help them down the road. Right. Yeah, and you're also changing attitudes in in general about Facebook. I mean, obviously, it's a force multiplier when it comes to your job. I mean, that that's clear um, because that's your target audience. The, all those all those eighteen year olds, basically. Um, but you know, a lot of a lot of folks just think that Facebook is a way to get in trouble for young kids. You know, and of course that can happen. But I mean. It still doesn't mean that it doesn't have value, um, you know, in the business world. It absolutely has a ton of value. Right. And really, it's a it's about working smarter, not harder. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of idea fairies in the military. <laughs> and you and I'm I glad you call them the the idea fairies in the military. Yeah. She's yeah. going around sprinkling her idea fairy dust about you know processes and programs that need to be implemented. You know, this is not one of those idea fairy type programs. This is right. a must. Right. The recruiters that are making it today are using social media to effectively make their recruiting mission. And and the way I look at it is as a, a leader, I have a responsibility to do more. Not to, it's not a license to do less. Um, so giving them the best tools that they have that that are available, uh, the best that I know how is really just about, you know, being a, being a leader and passing that training to them and ensuring that, you know, their family is, they're able to see their family first off, you know, because I'm Yeah, I would imagine like, uh, you know, I know like the, the Marines are really concerned about their numbers and, and jacking those up and getting more Marines in. That's, that's kind of like the gig, right? But on the other side, it's also probably helping the recruiters getting some of their life back because they can meet their goals um, that they have to do something, you know, maybe they're not going to have to work 20 hours a week anymore. 
Well, they probably still do. Twenty hours, twenty hours a day. <laughs> twenty hours a day. Twenty. That's hours 20 a day would be a that would be great, right? <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Th- let's all let's all sign up for twenty hours a week. Oh, wait a minute. We all we only want to work four hours a week. We we uh, read Tim Ferriss. <laughs> no, but they are. Pro- I mean, do you have hardcore numbers on that, or do you just get a soft feel from the recruiters that you talk to that that it's made their life easier? Yeah, you know, the, the recruiters that are using the systems and the processes are definitely seeing a result. I've got, you know, all kinds of, of numbers that I can spit at you, but it may be too complex for a podcast. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but quarter one, you know, we had, I think, 55 million impressions organic on Facebook. You wow. Know, we're, not, we're not paying yeah, yeah. for this stuff. 55 you know? million? 55 million. Wow. That's, yeah. that's up there. 1.2 uh, million engagements, so likes, comments, and shares right. on our Facebook pages. That's just from January first to March thirtieth of sixteen. So, so you got to get like, uh, tell me this, like, how cool do you get to make the pictures? I mean, because Marines get to do some pretty cool stuff. Do you get you know, to do you get to have like muddy stuff, muddy people jumping over fire? <laughs> I, I actually train the recruiters yeah. to make pictures like that. Right. Yes, exactly. You need to do that cuz people love that crap. Like what do they call those uh those um mud runs? They call them mud runs, but don't the Marines have specific mud runs? No, we just call them mud runs. Okay. Fact, they've got the Camp Pendleton mud run. Right, 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 right. Um, we have log runs. We run with ammo cans. We run with all kinds of awesome things that are heavy. And you uh, jump over fire? <laughs> we don't really jump over fire. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> but we do make fires with, you know, yeah, yeah. weapons. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> there you go. You, but not, you, not in our recruiting program. We actually try and keep everybody intact and good. Yeah. Uh, before we ship them off to boot camp. And we they the they have all... They have all kinds of, uh, uh, I can't, those, those mud runners, um, they have like just a crazy cult like following and they like to be like muddy and, you know, like take pictures of themselves jumping over fire. You know, I want to do one of those. I think they run one, a a zombie run. Have you ever heard of that? I have. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do that. (laughs) Those seem pretty cool. Yeah. In fact, that's where I got a lot of the ideas for implementing this, this program is from companies like Tough Mudder and uh, what's the other ones? You got the Zombie Run. You got, uh, you know, there's there's just a bunch of them out there. And that's really where I got the idea uh, for this. Sexy, fit people doing crazy stuff muddy. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want an awesome photo of themselves? Right. You know, running around with a log or... Simulating something awesome. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, actually awesome all by itself it's like the myth buster effect everybody hmm. <laughs> everybody wants to see explosions in in their life now for reals um okay so now that you're going to transition out of the marines what what are you looking at doing in the future you know i really like the marketing science space uh so i've already been doing some work as a consultant on the side, but right now my eyes are on Facebook. Right. And I think that would just be an amazing opportunity to work with some really smart people. And, you know, Mark Zuckerberg 
he just finished his keynote speech. Yeah, I heard F8, that the other day. Yeah, the F eight summit. I mean, that guy is. He wants to take over the world. Basically, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's brilliant. He sees the future, and I see where he's going, and I see some opportunities there. So, I want to be part of that. Uh, you know, whether it comes sooner or later, we'll see. But uh, definitely working in some kind of a corporate space. Okay. Uh, immediately after after I get out, at least for the for the time being, I think that's a, a good move for anybody transitioning out. Uh, I would eventually like to do my own business, but you know, I got the rest of my life to do that, and you just never know who you're going to meet when you're working in one of those roles at uh, some of those companies. Yeah, yeah, I think I went to a uh, an, one of those uh, seminars. And this guy is all about, he's, and we talked a little bit about this. He, he kind of sold me on the utility of Facebook ads. And you said you hadn't played with that feature that much, but I know that, um, that, that, that space all by itself is really neat, Uh, especially there's folks out there that just, um, just because it's such a slow uptake for like local business to get into it. It's like, you know, they're already an entrepreneur. They're already like, you know, really busy and you know, they just can't wrap their brain around this newfangled thing, <laughs> you know, to, to make their life easier. Right. Um, so there's, there's this dude that, that runs the seminar. That's how he made his money. Now he's still kind of plays with that. It's kind of like his, uh, his bread and butter kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, how to, how to really, you know, use Facebook ads to get that, um, highly granular, um, lead generation kind of ad, you know? Um, and he had all sorts of strategies. I, I just, you know, I don't, I, from my perspective, I don't get how you start selling that as a service, you know, that, that was my question to the whole universe at that thing. It was like, okay, so how do I just walk up to somebody and say, hi, um, uh, I'd like to sell you some cheaper lead gens. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. I, you know, I, you'd have to have a Facebook ad to sell Facebook, I guess. Well, Maybe. you know, that's an interesting point you bring up, Jeff. And really, I think he's selling time. You know, because what does that take? How much time does that take that entrepreneur right. to sit down and right, right. run Facebook ads? You know, in so many different ways, it's going to be just much cheaper to outsource it. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's the thing there. It's like, um, you don't want to go in there and say, I'll show you how to do it. No, you, you want to go in there and say, I'll come in and I'll charge X and... Um, which will be way cheaper than any one of your ad runs and, and we'll see what happens like a little like hundred dollar ad, ad investment experiment and see what happens. Um, I mean, I've, I've run, no, I never did run an experiment. I experimented with the Facebook boost this post thing. And then I found out that that's stupid. (laughs) Well, you know, it it does have utility. Oh, it does. Okay. It's very specific. To what your goals are. Okay. Now, you know, maybe you want to create awareness, in which case boosting a post is the perfect match for awareness. Mm-hmm. Because all it does is just sort of like 
put a bunch of numbers on it, right? It amplifies it. It amplifies it, right. It makes it look shinier than it might otherwise look. It just stands out yeah, in, yeah. in the news feed of, of uh, the people that are following your page or friends of people who are following your page. Yeah. It, the, the thing that I didn't like about it was it was a bunch of like people that weren't really interested liking my thing. So it, it seemed weird. Yeah. And, and that happens. <laughs> right. It's, I don't know how that works. You got to experiment. You got to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And for sure. To measure the results and, and you know, compare and adjust. Right, right. Yeah. And, and everything you did was more on the just generating organic sort of engagement. Yeah. And to me, that is really what Facebook well, I mean, on the ad side, it's it's really neat. Um, I've just never had anything I, I necessarily wanted to advertise. Um, so, you know, I never really played with it. You know, I, I guess some folks, some podcasters have used it just to generate uh, listeners. I don't know if it works for that or not. I guess it could. Mm, maybe. I'll have to play with it. Okay. So, you know, this has been a blast. I think e- e- even... If you end up, I think you will, but in the corporate world, you're, you're going to do great. Um, that's, it's going to be a blast. Transition is scary. So uh, don't sweat it. <laughs> Thanks for the encouragement. Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say that to everybody when, cause everybody, you know, I, I knew this, uh, chief, she was a E9 and she literally was going through like, no kidding, serious nervous breakdown when she was getting close to her retirement. Um, just because she stayed in the air force for 30 years. I mean, it was literally her life. She was so, um, identified with her, um, uniform and her air force identity. And for that just to not be there anymore, it just like was devastating. You know, I mean, she knew it wasn't a financial thing. It was just like, what am I going to do? Who am I? It was like this identity crisis, right? Um, she got one of those jobs where you get to wear a uniform and you're not even active duty anymore, but you work in for the school system or something. And she was just blessed. <laughs> she was like, I still get to wear my uniform. I still get to some sort of. I can't remember what they call it, but it's like you're working for some state level government and JROTC or something. Like yeah. That. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Something like that where you get to be the commandant and you know, you get to wear your uniform every day and still more or less, you know, seem like you're still in the air force. <laughs> well, God bless her. You know, right. That's what she wants. To right. Do. If that's what you wanted to do and you know, got over that identity crisis because you didn't have to change. That's great, but you'll be fine. You'll do great. I mean, uh, maybe I'll uh, start a business and hire you. <laughs> <laughs> like All right, brother. This has been a blast. We should uh, we should do this again. And I'm going to be on your show. Sounds like a talk plan. about veteran stuff. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you so much for taking out uh, time on your busy evening. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for having me. And uh, oh, you know you. what? Before we hang up, we have to yeah. we have to talk about your your stuff. I didn't, I didn't, uh, you know, pimp your stuff. We got to do that. Uh, your website is danevansonline.com. That's correct. So talk a little bit about what you're doing there. I know you got your own podcast that I'm going to be on. What is your podcast name? Hold on. I'm going to look so we can sound professional. The Military Entrepreneur Show. And I can still be on, right? 
because I'm yes. an, I'm a wantrepreneur. <laughs> I want to entrepreneur. I'm just not <laughs> making any money yet. Most of them don't. Uh, all right. So what do you talk about on your, on your show? So, uh, I started this podcast on my 30th birthday, April 7th, 2015, uh, to help me with my transition out of the Marines. Uh, so basically what I've been doing is interviewing successfully transitioned veterans who work in the entrepreneur space and who are business owners or CEOs, executives, and learn from what's working for them and what worked for them to make a successful transition. We, you know, it's, it's undiluted. It's very straightforward. Yeah, it's uh, conversational. I listened great. to, yeah, one of the guys I think was a, a, an actor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had really good stories. Cause Scott he did, Levy. Yeah, and he didn't start out as an actor. That was a really good show. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and here he was. Wasn't he, was he a Marine too? Or was he in the Army? Yes, he was a Marine. Marine. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a, it's a good show. I liked it. Then there was a couple other, I listened to, I think, two episodes. And I can't remember all the details about the other guy. He was more, he was talking a lot more about his business. Uh, and, it, you know, it was a good show. I just, you know, blanking on the details at the moment. But still, it was fun because, you know, obviously being another veteran, you know, I can relate to all the, all the veterany stuff and the, the, it is, you know, I, I, you know, I'm blowing over it, but I was really stressed out before I, uh, before I retired. So I get it. I feel, I, I feel for you, man, but you'll be fine. You'll, you'll, you'll be great on the other side. So yeah. So, um, enjoy that show and, um, and, uh, we'll all check it out and I'm looking forward to being on your podcast as well. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. All right. Have a good night. All right. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.